Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Loretta McNary Show. everyone welcome in to Loretta McNary live the radio show and we have an exciting so exciting um, show for you today we have a repeat guest yes she is so awesome we are so excited to have her back on took us a little time but we are making it happen and I promise this is a show you're going to want to share with your friends and families either today live or through the archives because our guest is so phenomenal. You all are going to fall in love with her, as we all have here at the Loretta McNary Show. So let me tell you a little about our guest. She is a multimillionaire business expert and author, and she has gained her impressive uh, she's gained impressive fans and partners, including executives at the Trump Organization. As author of Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, she wrote the book during tough economic times to share the wealth of her expertise with business owners all over America. She has recently been awarded the Quill Award at the National Academy of Best-Selling Authors uh, Award Show that was held, I think, last week. Uh, she's received several awards and accolades for best-selling Words, Thinking Grow Rich, and Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth. She is also the owner of Better Business Brokers, which is located in New Orleans, and her favorite role in life, and I love this about her too, that she is being the wife of Dr. Richard Tucker and the mother of her two-year-old daughter. And as you all know, while she was working at Xerox and making a six-figure salary with great benefits, she decided to pursue her dream of becoming an entrepreneur. Everybody, welcome to Loretta McNary Live, Michelle Seller Tucker. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Loretta. Thank you for having me back. Oh, yeah. We're going to make this a three-peat, too. <laughs> okay. Can you, you hear so me okay? Because I do have a headset in. Oh, you're you're perfect. Oh, yeah. Good. We can definitely perfect. hear you crystal clear. Um, Great. So uh, congratulations again on your award. Oh, my goodness. How exciting is that? Thank you. Thank you. It was very exciting. I've always wanted to write a book since I was six years old. So I finally made it happen. You know, it's never too late to make your dreams come true. <laughs> that is for sure. And I want people to really get that. Because I hear people, well, I'm old now, and, you know, I miss, no, you didn't miss your opportunity, you didn't miss your turn, you're still breathing, you're alive, obviously, because we're having this conversation, so start writing that book. And I think there's no better time to really become an author because it's so uber easy now to self-publish and, you know, get the attention of, you know, major houses, but it's so easy to publish your work now. So what do you think about that? It is easy. It's much easier now to do things than it ever was before, um, especially writing a book. Um, I'm not going to say writing a book is an easy task because it's certainly not, but it's certainly an obtainable task. And by self-publishing and with Amazon and Kindle and and, um, Nook and all the other resources out there, you can certainly write a book and market the book yourself. Um, but at the end of the day, you need to know what that objective is for that book because you got to be able to have a way to monetize your book. 
That is for sure. And, it, and you know, I'll say the easier part is writing the book, and then it becomes a little more difficult and challenging because you, whether you're picked up by a major house or you self-published, you still have to be your own marketing team. You still have to do your book sign that you have to schedule all that. You have to keep your book name on the mouths and hearts of everybody in the world, and you have to consistently do that in order to become, like, a you, a best-selling author. So I don't want because when I wrote my book, I think, oh, okay, that was the hard part. The easy part is, you know, now, but no, it was the reverse. So I, I agree with you 100%. And nobody's going to sell your book for you. You have to be a good book marketer. <laughs> yeah, writing a book is easy. I mean, I wrote this book in four weeks, but everything else took me much longer. Okay, so let's talk about the book, because I know you do a lot of other things that are incredibly dynamic as well, but I want to spend some time on this book, because I like how you said sell your business for um, more than it's worth. How right. how do you, do you I don't under, I, it is so hard for me to really wrap my arms around that right now, but I know you've done it, and you've done it countless times, and you're an uh, expert at it, so just walk us through the process of, you know, the different chapters in your book, and what does that mean, and how we can apply it. Sure. Um, well, the, the the main the the main reason behind the title of the book, "Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth," is that most business owners, there's 27.9 million businesses out there, and mm. 95, a little over 95 percent of businesses are small business owners, and pretty much 100 percent of small business owners will run personal expenses through their business such as uh, cars, travel, meals, entertainment, uh, insurance, et cetera. You know, you name it, I've seen every personal expense you could possibly think of ran through somebody's business. So on paper, <laughs> you know, I'll give you a quick story because sometimes stories help sell and, you know, facts tell, stories sell. So uh, I'll give you a quick story just to illustrate my point. I had yeah. a uh, business owner who had an uh, uh, accessory store, a car and truck accessory store. They had three locations. I walked in the door, and before I could even sit down, the, the seller said, Michelle, I know of you. I know of your reputation. If I'm going to sell my business, I'm definitely hiring you, not anyone else, because I know you're the leading authority in buying and selling businesses, so I'm hiring you. But I need a million dollars for my business. Can you sell my business for a million dollars, yes or no? I said, I don't know. Let me see your tax returns. And this was before I even sat down. So he shows me his tax returns. One year he's losing like $8,500 a year. The next year I think he had a $65,000 profit. So based on those tax returns, the profit of his business, $65,000, does not support an asking price of a million dollars. He had about $300,000 worth of inventory. His assets weren't really worth anything, and he wasn't selling the real estate. So on paper, his business is only worth a little over $300,000. It took me six months, Loretta, to go through all his books and records, peel back all the layers of the onion to discover what his business was really making. And at the end of the day, he wasn't losing money, and he wasn't only making $65,000. He was making over $400,000 a year. Ooh. Well, I did not get him a million dollars for his business. I got him $1.2 million for his business in 30 days. And that's what I do. So I go through, I perform my extensive audit and to discover what all the hidden expenses are because most business owners have been living out of their business for so long that at the end of the day, they really don't know what they're making. Mm-hmm. So I can see how, that happening, yeah. Yeah, and it happens every day. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I have, a, mm-hmm. I have a $15 million listing right now. On paper, I think their, their cash flow is about 800000 On paper, their adjusted EBITDA is over $2.3 million. So on paper, mm. their business is not worth what I'm going to sell it for. So on average, I do get my clients 20 to 40% more than what the business appraises for. Wow. I think I'd even more than that. Oh, my goodness. I'm so fascinated by that because, you know, being an entrepreneur and seeing, at least what I, with my own eyes, I, and I don't know if other entrepreneurs are like this, but I don't really see the value of my business like that. I guess it would take somebody, you know, like the CPA or my accountant coming in and saying, Loretta, um, you know, your business is definitely a million-dollar business. Now, I know it has potential to be that as a show and other markets, but um, so how do you get a business owner to see that? Like, do they come to you or have you seeked out someone to say, hey, let me do this audit, and I guarantee I can, you know, or 
or I can loosely guarantee well, something like business, that. When I meet, you know, when I meet with potential sellers who are thinking about selling their business, obviously we do an evaluation on every single one of them to to see what their business is worth and selling it for more. Um, most sellers, not all, but many sellers actually overvalue their business. They think it's worth more than what it really yeah. is, and some sellers undervalue it. So. You really, you know, there's a lot of different things that we look at. The financials are a big piece of the pie, but it's not the only, it's not the only thing that we we take into consideration. Uh, we take into consideration everything that we talk about in my book, uh, as it relates to the industry. Is is the business in a thriving industry or a dying industry? We want to look at um, is the business based on brand recognition or brand loyalty or location loyalty? Does the business have a healthy customer base? Uh, or all of their revenues tied up in, in five to ten customers. If they lose some of those customers, what happens to the business? And then we also look at the profit centers. Uh, do they only have one revenue stream? If they have one revenue stream and that revenue stream dries up, then that business could be in big trouble. We also look at intellectual property, contracts, patents, trademarks, etc. So it's a it's it's a it's a it's an analysis of the entire business, uh, everything from from A to Z. Mm. And is it any type of business that you you look for, or has been your clients? Is it mostly people who are in real estate, or mostly people who you know sell and buy widgets, or well, what, well we sell. My, my company and and I have have several agents that work for me. I also, along with three partners, franchised the business, um, and we have offices throughout the United States. So we sell anything from manufacturing, distribution, retail, medical service, uh, restaurants. I particularly, my, me personally, I sell uh, businesses priced over a million dollars, um, under a million, my agents handle and, and some of our other office owners. Uh, but we're really not industry-specific, Loretta. We're more cash flow-specific. Hmm. Hmm. So when people sell their business, do they retain any, uh, I guess it would be case-by-case, case, but are they allowed to stay on board are they allowed to say, please don't fire my employees? Are they allowed to say, um, I still want creative liberties, you know, since you're using my name? How does that work when you sell the business, or is it a total walk away? The, in most cases, it's not a walk away. In most cases, the owner needs to stay on to ensure a smooth transition for a period of time, and it really depends upon the business. You know, I sold a dental lab where the, the owner needed to stay on for five years, because even though they had employees, their last name was the name of the company, and and that dent, that um, seller had the relationships with all the dentists. So the buyer was adamant about not purchasing the business unless the seller agreed to stay on five years. The seller was adamant about not working for any more than a year. So what we did was we put together a structure where the seller got paid a salary a six-figure salary for five years. The first year they had to work full-time and the other four years part-time, but they still get the same salary. And then we also put together what we call an earn-out uh, where the seller would get a percentage of the profits that he helped grow the business um, under those next five years. So every deal is different. It really depends upon the industry. It depends upon special skill sets, licensing, um, things that, that are needed. And a lot of times the seller has to stay on, you know, for at least at least to do the training. And, again, the larger the deal could require the seller to stay on longer. You know, we're doing a deal right now, a $15 million deal, where the seller is going to have to stay on for three to five years. Uh, but we're doing another deal where the seller is only staying on for 90 days. And then we just did a PT practice where the buyer bought 80% of the practice and the seller had to – the seller agrees to stay – Work part time, but um, retains twenty percent of the business. Hmm. Okay. So okay. So I do see that that is usually not a totally. I'm, I'm so I got my check, so I'm just you know gonna leave. Okay. No. So, I mean, usually yeah. when people when the owners just leave, those are smaller type businesses like coffee shops, pizzerias, cafes, bars, restaurants. Those smaller type businesses, the owner might stay on for 30 to 60, you know, anywhere from two to four weeks, maybe a little bit longer for training, and then they don't stay on after that. But then when you get into the larger, more uh, specified businesses, 
then the seller typically stays on for a little bit longer. And in most cases, Loretta, not always, but most cases, the seller's okay with staying on. They don't necessarily want to just exit their business because they might not have a beginning strategy of what they're going to do next. So they're okay staying on another year or two, three years, and, and still getting a salary. Okay, because I, I can see that because I wouldn't want to totally walk away because that's your baby. You birthed it. You kind of, you know, you've been there the whole time. You, you're blood, sweat, and tears is involved, but you have to do what's best for the business. And if you're in business, and you know, because I used to say I would not sell a business. I mean, I put all my work in there. But that's why, you know, you you get in business so that you can't recruit for profit. It should be for profit. And I know sometimes it's for mental reasons, but I guess that's a big call to make when you're approached yeah it, it is your baby and when we you know and when we work with the sellers we obviously sit down with them and help them plan their beginning strategy because everybody talks about your exit strategy and i talk about that too but a seller has to have a beginning strategy what are they going to do after the sale of their life's work and we help them plan that beginning strategy and for many customers i mean for many of my clients is buying a different business. <laughs> and some of them retire, and some of them retire, and then they come back to me because they don't like retirement, you know, because the retirees expire. <laughs> so they'll come back to me and, and, and want to buy something else. Wow, I could see that. Has anybody ever came back and rebought their own business? Like if for some reason, you know, maybe the, no. the <laughs> new seller came and, you know, maybe they got sick and they weren't able to really sustain the business or it was going to pass on to somebody that they didn't want. I mean, do you totally, can you, has it ever happened that the seller rebought their own business for whatever I've reason? I've never had a seller repurchase their own business. There have been scenarios, um, not in my not not in my office or my company, where a seller has done seller financing and maybe the buyer went into default and the seller took the business back. They don't buy it back. They get it back. Uh, but oh, okay. in my, okay. we do a tremendous amount of seller financing, and our seller financing deals do not go bad. Um, so our sellers are, are able to always um, get their money and get their payments. But I've never had a situation where a business owner would buy the business back. Um, but I'm sure it's happened. Okay, so how do you, like if you start a business or you're in business, what should a business owner do or are there any kind of, is there a protocol to be scalable or to be able for someone to come in and buy their business? What what are some things that business owners should do so that they can create that kind of situation? You mean to create a business that will be sellable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, they need to read sell your business for more than it's worth. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Because I talk about every single aspect in this book from from A to Z. And um, in my book, I talk about building a business to sell that business one day. And they need to start with branding themselves. You know, 95% of businesses are not properly branded. 95% of businesses live in brand absence. There's five levels of branding. So that's number one that a company needs to do is brand themselves. They also need to make sure that they're in a desirable industry. If you if you own a newspaper or a blockbuster, that's a dying industry. So you need to come up with some creative revenue streams and diversify so you'll be able to stay in business. And then um, you also need to always look at expanding your customer base. And um, also have a, have a business, not a job. Many, Loretta, many, many business owners have a glorified job in which they go to work every day. They work in their business, not on their business. So what I do is I work with my clients to help them create a business that works for them rather than them working for it. Because many buyers are not wanting to buy a job. They're actually wanting to buy a company <laughs> with employees and management in place. And if you, you know are the business, I'm, go ahead. Yeah. No, I will say I'm kind of giggling at that because that was so profound to me when you just said that. Because I said uh, a few months ago, I want to go from becoming an I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a CEO of a major corporation. So I don't use the word entrepreneur anymore. I'm really the CEO of a, of a company because I think, like you said, you have to have employees. It has to be a company and not just a job. So I had to transition that in my mind so that it will make it easier when, you know, 
for in terms of employees. I really like what you just said, and I want to spend a little time there. Because when you said that people are looking for businesses to purchase and not a job to purchase, wow, that is so profound to me. I'm fascinated by that statement. Can we talk about that? Because I think entrepreneurs get stuck there. Sure. So the, the thing about it is, like I said, many business owners have a job, not a business. And if if the business owner is the business, I'll give you some examples if you like. Let's say you have a plumber, and this plumber works out of his house. He has a business, but he has independent contractors. He has no employees. He has no management. He has no office. He really doesn't have a business to sell. He has a job. And you pull that plumber out of that company, you're going to lose those clients because that plumber, that owner, is the face of that business. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Same thing with a photography studio. I have lots of photographers that come to us and they want us to sell their business. But unless they have other photographers generating revenues, they don't have anything to sell because you've pulled that photographer out of that business, you don't have a business anymore. Same thing with an AC heating company. Same thing with decorating businesses. I mean, I could go on and on and on uh, how many businesses are really more like sole proprietorships and the business, that business owner is the face of the business. So when you brand yourself, you need to brand not only Loretta, but you need to brand mm-hmm. Loretta's company as well. Like I don't just brand Michelle Seiler Tucker. I also brand Capital Business Solutions. Wow. See, that, that is so deep because I'm telling you, I just, I've had these conversations just a few months ago, you know, when I heard something or read something and, and it was talking about what you're talking about. And that was just so profound for me. I just, like, been studying it. And now that we're having this conversation, I'm like, okay, what you trying to tell me something? And I understand that because, and then, so branding is so key, but I don't think we really get branding. Because, like you said, if you're in art, if you have a, if you're a plumber, then, you know, you're really the business. You really have a job if you don't have employees. Can you Correct. be an entrepreneur and not have employees? I mean, or are you just a sole proprietor and that's different from being an entrepreneur? You know, no, what is the definition of entrepreneurship? Excuse me? You're a boss. What's that? I, 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 did you ask a question? I, I wasn't Yeah, what's me. the definition of entrepreneurship? I mean, to, to be your own boss, create something. Um, yes, you can be an entrepreneur and have a sole proprietorship, but the bottom line is at the end of the day, when you're wanting to sell your business, you have to look and see, do you have a business to sell or a job to sell? And it, can you pull yourself out of that business and can that business run without you? If that business cannot run without you, then you really have nothing to sell. Mm. So you need to work on branding both. Like if you take Apple, Steve Jobs did a great job at branding Steve Jobs, but he also did a great job at branding Apple, correct? Mm-hmm. And when Steve Jobs, when we lost Steve Jobs, if he didn't do a good job at branding Apple, Apple would have been in big trouble wow. when they lost Steve Jobs. That's for sure. So you got to do a good job of branding both. So many business owners work on branding themselves, their name, and their name is the company name, that it's very difficult to sell that when when they're ready. So when when you have a business, you always should be having an end game in mind. Like you should have your objective. At the end of the day, what is it that you want? Do you want to sell your business for $5 million? then you need to have that go that you're going to sell your company for $5 million, and then you need to reverse engineer it to see what it would take to grow a company that would be worth $5 million, and then put those steps in place. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Okay. <laughs> I, I, we don't only sell businesses, Loretta, but we are, we work, I work with my clients in two ways. I help them hold and grow their business, so then they can sell it for maximum value or I help them sell and go now. So whole go and go or, um, or sell and go now is what I help my clients do. Because some businesses are not sellable right now. Right. So you help, if they're not sellable right now, then you help them grow. 
so they can become sellable. Yeah. So, like, for instance, I'll give you another story if you like stories. I do. I have an advertising agency that's been in business for about seven years. Um, they were grossing in the 10 to $15 million range. Now they're grossing in the $3 million range. The owner um, started this business because of his expertise and his experience and his background in the company he used to work for. He's got a niche industry, and I'm not going to mention the niche um, on radio because mm-hmm. I don't want to give something away because he has very little competition. Right. The problem is in his niche business is that he might he only has like five clients. Well, he lost two clients. That's why he went from $10 million down to, to where he is today. And he hasn't diversified. He has the expertise to help companies brand themselves. He has the advertising expertise. He has the marketing expertise. He knows how to go in and fix businesses. He just doesn't know how to fix his own. Because when you're in your fog, it's foggy. (laughs) So I'm working with him to partner with him to help him diversify not only his industry, but really, really cut costs because he ha- he's paying people high, high, high salaries that are not based on results, so his overhead is way too high. And then I'm working with him to expand his customer base and add additional revenue streams. So we're going to grow his company back up to 10 to $15 million so that we can sell it for about 4 to $5 million versus today he can only probably get about 300000 for it. Whoa. Okay. See, I didn't. I didn't know that that part. So that's a valuable service that you're offering clients. Because I thought if they weren't ready to sell business, then they could. You can do business with them. But the fact that you can help them grow their business so that they can sell their business, that's even more profitable and more amazing, and probably can get more clients that way. I really, right. really like that concept. Okay. And it's very so rewarding to me. Um, some of it. I'm actually coming out with two more books, so we'll we'll dive into that more. Um, but it's very rewarding to me to be able to help somebody turn around their business and then sell it for a profit versus having to lose money or sell it for pennies on the dollar now. Wow. So, so that would be. Like... Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. The next book is going to be on buying a business, and then the, the third book will be on turning around the business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that, turning around the business. Because, I, you know, I don't know what it is that you can see some businesses that are just super, super successful, and then you can have somebody in the same exact business started around the same exact time with the same exact, you know, they would mirror each other. You know, when you look at their business plans and their experiences and the money that they put into the business, and then, you know, you have one that just takes off, skyrockets, and then you have one that, you know, they have to go out of business. So what separates, you know, those businesses? Is it, well, there's so many different money. factors you have to look yeah. at. I mean, my advice that I give buyers, the my advice that I give individuals that are wanting to start a business is don't do it. <laughs> And the reason for that, and the reason for that, and I'm not trying to kill entrepreneurship because I'm all I live, eat, and breathe entrepreneurship. But the reason for that is because 55% of all new businesses will go out of business in the first year to five years, and unless you have a unique concept like Facebook, then don't start it because chances are you're going to find a similar business that's very close to the idea that what you want to start that's already for sale. There's over 5 million good businesses for sale at any given time generating a cash flow. So I see people all the time that go out there and they'll spend $200,000, dollars $400,000 starting a new business when they could have bought an existing business and start making money from day one. The problem Ooh. with people who start businesses is it's not that they don't have the right marketing plan or the right business plan. It's that they run out of money. You have to have enough working capital to keep that business afloat for at least three to five years. And most business and most startups will run out of money. So my, yeah, my you know, business owners, most of them, all of my sellers agree to seller financing. So I can show a buyer how to put up, instead of 
investing $200,000 on a startup, invest $200,000 on a business that's maybe 400 or 500,000, that's making 150 to 200 a year. It makes more sense. Mhm. It does. Oh, wow. So that's an option. I don't think because there's, you know, nobody going around like you, Michelle, offering that kind of priceless business advice for free on a radio show saying, you know, why don't you think about this instead of starting your own business, purchase an existing business. That is so key. Right. It is key. Yeah. And not only that, but think about this, and I write about this in my book. Let's say, I mean, most people who start businesses, nine times out of ten, not always, those businesses already exist. So if somebody goes and starts a yogurt shop, there's probably five other yogurt shops in the area, right? Mm-hmm. Or they start a yogurt shop franchise. So you're doing you're doing two things. Number one, you're throwing money down a black hole that you're not going to see a return on investment for within several years. Most companies operate in the red for several years. Number two, you're hurting those other yogurt shops <laughs> because the customer now has so many choices they're cannibalized in the marketplace. Ooh. And these consumers are now eating off of everybody's plate. So this yogurt shop that might have been in business for 15, 20 years is now losing their customers to these other yogurt shops opening around. Whereas that yogurt shop that's been in business for 20 years probably wants to sell. I just sold a Baskin and Robin franchise, not just so, maybe about a year and a half, two years ago, for $190,000. It'd been open for thirty years in the same location. A new Baskin Robbins will cost you two fifty to three fifty. A hundred and ninety thousand dollars and the owner sell uh, did seller financing with thirty percent down. And the business was making sixty five to seventy five thousand a year. So it makes no sense to buy a new franchise when you got existing franchises generating profits for sale underneath your nose. <laughs> Buy an existing business instead of starting a business. You could because you're already already up and running, already generating revenue. It's already generating revenue. You're going to invest less in buying a business than you will be in starting a business. Because what you have to what you have to think about starting a business is you always spend more than you think you're going to spend, especially when it comes to construction. Because if you have to do the build out, you'll always spend more. Number one. Number two, you're always going to spend more on working capital. You buy an existing business, the working capital is right there. And guess what else most buyers don't know? You can pull money out of your retirement fund without paying taxes and penalties to purchase a business. I have a lady right now that's been working for corporate America for years and years and years. She's pulling out $300,000 out of her retirement fund without paying taxes and penalties. She's buying a million-dollar business with $300,000 down, that business is generating about $300,000 in cash flow. So she will get a return on investment in the first year, and she won't have to pay taxes and penalties. Now she's going to be her own boss, obtain a better quality of life, and finally have financial freedom. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I promise you, I've never looked at that. I've never, and I've seen, you know, franchise businesses. I'm, you know, they've been around forever, and they're all kinds. You know, what a, like you said, whatever you want to do, there's probably a franchise business doing it. That, yep. And the owner probably wants to get out because they've been doing it so long, and they probably want to do something else because they kind of, you know, peak there. You know, they reach the level of, I've done this, I've been there, you know, I want to do something different. But they stay in the business, and, of course, you start seeing the business starts losing money, and then it goes out of business. Because if there's no passion yep. and you're not driven, then you're not going to really do good business. So well, I not only that, that Loretta, for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not only that, I had an attorney, a lot of business people, attorneys, CPAs, doctors, they want to diversify. And I had an attorney, he's actually a friend of mine, he went and purchased a yogurt franchise. Now, this guy has a very successful law practice. He goes out and purchases a brand-new yogurt franchise. He thinks it's going to be about 200 225 He ends up spending about 350 more than he anticipated because the construction always costs more. And for the last six months, he's been putting in $4,000 a month to keep the business afloat. Wow. Four thousand a month. Now this is an attorney. He can't leave his law practice and go work in his business. Employees don't show up. Employees t- are stealing money. 
employees call in sick at the last second. You know, he bought a headache, and I said to him, you know, he, he invested three fifty for that franchise. He's gonna, he's already putting in forty eight thousand a year. I said to him, you know, for four hundred thousand dollars, I could have sold you an eight hundred thousand dollar business that's probably making about three hundred or four hundred thousand a year, and it probably has employees and management in place. Exactly. So now he wants me to sell that business. He'll never recoup his investment because he wants me to sell it. I can't sell it for three fifty because the cash flow doesn't support it. All I can sell it for is the inventory and assets because there's no positive cash flow. So new franchises, the price of new franchises are based on the franchise fee, the equipment, the inventory, the build out, the um, you know deposits, all of that. Whereas an existing franchise or existing business is based upon the cash flow that it's doing today. That's the big difference. <laughs> I mean, you are blowing my mind with this. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> I don't, I'm just like, okay, you just keep talking, Michelle, because I'm trying to catch up. Because what you're saying, I'm, I mean, my mind is just ticking away. I'm, okay, Lorena, look at this. You know that? Okay, look at. Oh my goodness. Okay, diversify. That is the word for today, everybody, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that. Diversify. But diversify with existing businesses. Grow with existing, yeah. Grow your portfolio, your your income statement, your balance sheet by acquiring existing businesses, not starting new unless you're the uh, next next fa- Facebook creator. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't want to ever say don't start. I don't want to ever see because they're all entrepreneurs or geniuses out there that come up with creative ideas like Facebook, like Steve Jobs, that without those people we wouldn't have this. They completely, you know, change the way that we do business. But for the most part, most people that start businesses are not starting anything um, that unique. Right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You are teaching today, my dear lady. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, okay. So, what's I do teach business brokering. I do have a five-day training class that I do teach how to become a business broker. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I need to know. I need to know what those have a business are because... franchise. Okay. Okay. So let, let's talk about another chapter in your book because I I'm so loving these nuggets that you're dropping here. I'm enjoying this show probably as much or more than any listener could ever enjoy. <laughs> Okay, so we talked about the book, and we talked about so the book is uh, is something that you did outside when you started. Which did you start business brokers first, or did you write the book first? Oh no, I've I've been selling businesses for years. I've sold hundreds of franchises and businesses. I've sold over three hundred okay. franchises and several hundred businesses. So I've been selling businesses for many years, way before I wrote the book. I just wrote the book. The book just came out this year. Wow, and so much wisdom. I can see why you're winning awards for this book, and it just came out last year, and you're already winning tons of awards for it. Okay, so let's talk about um, your the business broker part. So you were – how did you get started? Because I know you said – I know I read that you were working with Xerox, and you were making, you know – some good, good, good money, and you just decided I wanted to become an entrepreneur. Well, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I've always kind of wanted to do my own thing. And, um, yes, I was working for Xerox and uh, making six figures. I got promoted very quickly with Xerox into upper management. And I love sales. I love solving my clients' problems. And I love the thrill of the deal. What I didn't like doing was managing 80 unruly salespeople. So <laughs> I, I always thought I was going to stay with Xerox. I was just going to buy a startup franchise, <laughs> which is what I don't recommend anybody doing. So I decided I'm going to go out there and look for different businesses to buy, and I stumbled across a franchise out there, and I'm not going to mention a name. And they only had a couple of locations, and I uh, was thinking about buying one of their franchises. And when they started um, asking me questions and getting to know more about my background, 
they said, well, we'd rather have you as a franchise developer and work with us to sell and grow our brand. And Mm -hmm. we'll practically give you a franchise if you join our team. So that's what happened. I ended up taking over one of their franchise stores. I worked with them for about six months before I decided to leave Xerox because I wanted to make sure it was going to be a good decision. So I worked days at Xerox and nights and weekends for this franchisor traveling around the country doing, going to different uh, franchise shows selling their franchises. Uh, so eventually I, I did leave Xerox after six months. I actually made more money in six months than I did an entire year at Xerox, so I knew it was the right decision mm. for me. And I did franchise development, franchise consulting, and franchise sales. Then I decided to transition into selling companies because I realized very quickly that there were over you know, 27 million businesses, and at any given time, 25% would be up for sale, and 8 out of 10 businesses will not sell. So I knew there was a big need to help these business owners sell their business, sell their masterpiece, sell their legacy. And also, many buyers that I, would work, that I was working with did not want to buy a franchise. They wanted to buy an existing business, which really makes more sense anyway. Um, so that's why I transitioned into selling businesses. I do sell existing franchises um, as well. Ooh. Lady, so what was it for you? What I mean, have you? I mean, did you come from a a family that had a background in sales? Did you come from? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You know, everybody. Everybody always asks me that question. You know, what what was that burning desire in you to to succeed and, and go down the path and. You know, I think that's a hard. I think I can answer any question you ever ask me about business. <laughs> that's probably one of the most difficult questions because I think some people just have that burning desire in them to succeed and lead and um, and be their own boss and, and create something, you know, different. So yeah, my, my big my passion is to to my passion is to help buyers. Buy the American Dream and help sellers sell their legacy. That's really my passion, and my passion has oh. always been business. It's always been business. Wow. Do you see signs of your two-year-old that um, she or he may also follow in mommy's footsteps? Um. My little girl who's turning three October eighth uh, right now is really into shoes, Loretta. <laughs> She will try on at least five to six different pairs of shoes a night and walk around in them. So right now she's into shoes. So we'll see. Maybe she'll own a shoe store. <laughs> you know, she may be the next Zappos creator or something like be. that, or shoe war, watch war, um, warehouse or something. I don't know. But you can look at them now and you see, you know, their personality. But of course, you know, they change. But I'll, I'm always, I always love asking that question because, you know. You, once people are doing things, they say, well, she was like that when she was a little girl. Like I said, you always wanted to write a book at when you, since you were six years old. Yeah. So now that you've done that, so what what's next for you? I would love, and I was, you know, I've been on your website a million times, and, and I said, you know what, there should be a reality show in here somewhere, you know, similar to Shark Tank, but not so, because I don't think we have enough business reality shows. We have a lot of, um, you know, stuff that I wouldn't watch as it said, you know, resembles what they say is a reality show. But I would love to see a reality show that talks about businesses or whether you should sell or, or not sell and somebody come in and evaluate them. Just what you do, every, you know, every day. I think that would be just so awesome. I, I agree. I there. agree. And that's something um, that, that I would like to do one day uh, because I agree with you. There's uh, not enough reality shows on how to – to take a business from grossing a million to grossing twenty million and selling it for ultimate value, there's just not any reality shows that address that. I mean, that you know, at least it has some kind of value. When you finish watching most reality shows, you are not a better person for having watched. I don't care which one it is. <laughs> Maybe with Shark Tank, you can learn a little something, you know, about branding and taking a, you know, your elevator pitch. I think that's a really good show. I love Shark Tank. Uh, I don't get to watch it because I don't watch a lot of TV, and I know that's 
ironic if I'm on TV. But <laughs> I think, Michelle, that, oh, my goodness, I hope that someone hears the show that knows the producer that will contact you to talk about um, producing that show. And when they call you, I want to be, like, the second or third person you call after you call your husband and your partners and say, Loretta, guess what? <laughs> uh, Bravo just called, <laughs> and we're getting ready to film my first show for <laughs> this show that you talked about on October 2nd. So uh, we have less than 15 minutes in the show, and I know I've asked you a ton of questions, and i got a ton more because, uh, again, I hate to keep saying this sound like a broke record. I am so fascinated by what you do and how it really, really adds so much value, not only to the seller and the person who's selling, I mean the person who's buying, but to people who are listening, it, it means a lot to the economy that we keep producing businesses that are, you know, contributing to our economy. Right. So that's why I'm like, she's going to have to be a three-peat as well. Okay. So what's next for you? Are you? I like being a three-peat. I like being a three-peat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then a four-peat and then a five-peat, you right. know. <laughs> Okay, so we have to do some kind of segment where we bring you on as our leading authority, you know, in this area. Um, maybe we can work something out. Okay, so okay. so now you're also the founder president of Capital Business Solutions and Better Business Brokers, which I knew, but now also the business doctors and advanced medical rehab. Yeah. I don't think those were in place or we didn't talk about them the last time you were on the show. I've owned eight different companies. Um, advanced Medical Rehab is a business that I started about 13 years ago, and um, it's really a, a marketing company that helps market medical clinics, and it's very successful. Um, it's one of those businesses that can somewhat run on autopilot if you have the right people in place. Mm-hmm. And then the business doctors, I started because I'm working with business owners to not only plan their extra strategy but create a business that will be attracted to hundreds and hundreds of buyers. Um, the reason that only eight out of ten businesses don't, the reason why eight out of ten businesses don't sell, is because a lot of those business owners need to fix and make some tweaks in their business for their business to be sellable. So instead of walking away from these businesses or not being able to sell them, my goal is to work with each one of these business owners to fix their business and. Um, address the issues in their business so that it is sellable and they can obtain maximum value. We don't want to see businesses sell for pennies on the dollar. We want to see businesses sell for the ultimate value so the seller can finally um, get the price that they need so they can afford the lifestyle they've always dreamed of and deserve. Absolutely. So when you're diversified like that, should your businesses have some kind of uh, commonality? Should they, or can you be all over the place and still be successful with your um, diversification of your portfolio? Well, I think it depends. My my three business, Capital Business Solutions, Better Business Brokers, Capital Business Solutions Franchise, and the business doctors are all congruent. Advanced Medical Rehab is not congruent. It is kind of congruent. Uh, it's a totally different business. However, we get a lot of referrals from the people that we market to for selling businesses. So, And it can run on autopilot because it has been in business for so long and I have good people. Uh, it just really depends. If you ha- it depends upon the business. I think it's very difficult to go out there and have a coffee shop here and a pizzeria here and a, and a bar over here. Uh, but like I met with a lawyer yesterday who has a very successful law practice. Uh, him and uh, two of his partners own 14 different businesses. One's a radio wow. station. One's a construction company. Uh, one is a uh, hospital. And but the key, the key to their success is that they have the right management in place at each one of those businesses, and that buying businesses, not jobs. Buying, um, again, buying businesses, not somebody's job. Correct. And, and I, But I always suggest when business owners are trying to diversify, try to buy a, a business that's congruent with the business that you already have and provides a one-stop shop to the customer base you already have. Mm. For instance, mm. if you have a printing business, maybe you should get an advertising business to go with that. You follow me? Mhm, mhm. Or if you're a PT mm-hmm. practice, maybe you should get a chiropractic practice to go with that, so that it's congruent. 
Hmm. And I guess if you own a car dealership, maybe an auto parts company or I don't know. Auto parts, auto body. Dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. See, you have these. My little wheels in my brain are turning, turning, turning. Okay, so we talked about diversify. We talked about okay. Tell us, tell everybody how they can find you, and how do we know when you're doing some of those workshops you talked about doing? Um, they, they can find me at betterbusinessfocus.com. That's betterbusinessfocus.com. Uh, I encourage your listeners to go there and fill out um, the. Uh, evaluation. We have a quick evaluation form that's free that you can fill out, and it'll give you a price of what your business is worth today. And then, if you want Ooh. to sell it for more and maximize your value, then um, I can certainly help you obtain a twenty to forty percent higher selling price. And they can <laughs> they can also purchase the book Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth on Amazon, our website BetterBusinessBookers.com, Barnes and Noble. They can reach me at 877-853-4227, 877-853-4227. Awesome. And I know, like I said, people, if you're not interested or you're not in the position to sell your business or even grow a business to become more scalable and sellable, then I'm sure you know somebody who can definitely uh, you should reach out to and share this information because I can think of a couple of people myself that I'm thinking, you know what, I, I'm going to tell them about Michelle and see because I, I know a friend who has a, a successful business, but he's looking to do something else. And so what about people who are retiring? Like we talked briefly about a person that you said was going to use some of her money from her employer to, and she started a business. What about people who are retiring with a big, you know, 401k plan, they're not so old that, you know, they can't do anything else, but they've been at the company so long and they want to do something else. What advice would you tell them? Well, if they're retiring from their business, they can certainly pull that money out of their retirement fund to purchase a business without paying taxes and penalties. Uh, It really depends upon are they trying, because I have retirees that come to me all the time and they've got one more year or two more years or three more years and they don't want to leave because they don't want to lose that retirement plan, but uh, some of them will buy a business that they don't necessarily have to work in every day while they still keep their job. Uh, this lady who works for this company, I'm not going to say the company, obviously, uh, but she personally cannot pull money out of a retirement fund until she quits her job. So she's planning on quitting her job in the next couple of weeks so that she can pull that money out. So it really depends upon um, the position that you have with your firm of what you can do, but you absolutely can pull money out of your retirement fund without paying taxes and penalties, and we hope you do that. This program has been around for decades, Loretta, but it's a shame how many people don't know it, know about it. Even yeah. CPAs are not familiar with this program. Many CPAs are not familiar with this program. <laughs> so it's the best well, way I'm, to buy a business and to diversify. And and without penalties, you can re- you can pull money down, as they say, from your retirement or your four hundred one k plan, and not be penalized. Correct. You can pull money out of your four hundred one k to purchase a business without paying taxes and penalties. There is a pro- it's a process, and there's there's things that you have to do, and it takes anywhere from thirty to ninety days to put everything in place. Uh, but many many of my buyers are buying businesses that way. I actually, I have a news reporter in New Orleans that um, hated being a news reporter. <laughs> he was 26 years <laughs> old. He had no retirement, so he talked his dad into pulling money out of his dad's retirement fund for them to purchase a business in real estate, and now his dad works with him in the business. <laughs> See, it's the stuff that we don't know that hurts us. You know, it's just... <laughs> It's definitely the stuff we don't know that hurts our wallets and our, you know, our legacies that we can leave to our families, you know, behind our grandchildren. That's why I'm so excited about what you do because it is so much bigger than the business owner or the seller because when you do this, you are creating legacy if you do it right. And you can only do it right if you have that kind of information available at your fingertips. 
Because right. I met some people who just said, you know what, I'm just going to sell my, like you said earlier, sell your business on pennies just to get out. Are you crazy? When you can take the same business, if you knew what Michelle knows, you could make a, a you know, mint. You could right. make some money. Okay, right. that's why I'm excited. I wanted to give out your contact information because I know people need to know this. I know this is valuable. That's why I believe that if a producer heard about this, they would be all over <laughs> making it into a reality show. Well, Thanks see if you can help me make that happen, Loretta, and I'll, I'll have you on it. <laughs> you know what? I'm, <laughs> you know we're going to talk all off the side, right? You already know sure. we're going to talk off the side. <laughs> we're going to talk later today because I, I know some people that know some people, Michelle. Well, that's, all, that's what it's all about, right? Who you know and what you yeah. know. And yeah, exactly. Uh, and I would definitely want to be a part of it as an associate producer or something. Um, Absolutely. And nobody can steal this idea because you know they don't know what you know, and they can't do it like you, and they don't have the pizzazz and the energy and the passion. So um, that's why I didn't mind sharing it on air. So yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay, so we have like five minutes, Michelle. Let's let's see if we can bring this thing home to kind of summarize everything that we talked about and definitely everybody. She will be back. We're going to do a three-peat with her, definitely. And But get the book so that you can have your questions, too, and I'll reread so I can um, have some more questions as well. So let's kind of summarize what you told us today. You can do that. Summarize what I told you? Okay. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things I said. <laughs> First and foremost, don't start a business. Find existing business with a proven track record, clients in place, employees in place, and money. <laughs> and it's actually uh, generating income. Because uh, if you start a business, uh, chances are that business will go out of business. 55% of businesses all close down. That's number one. Number two, everyone who owns a business should plan their exit strategy. You need to create your end game. And the best way to plan your exit strategy is to create a business that will be attractive to hundreds and hundreds of buyers. So I encourage you to read Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth and work on your branding, work on your brand, brand recognition name, a recognition for both you and your company. Also work on creating multiple congruent revenue streams. Uh, also expand out your customer base and your customer reach. Make sure you have employees in place. Create a business, not a job. Very important. Create a business that works for you rather than you working for it. So many business owners are working in their business, not on their business. And clean your financial house. Make sure that if you're going to run these personal expenses through your business, which most business owners do, make sure that you can prove them at the end of the day and that you know what your business is making. And... If you're wanting, know your end game. If you want to sell your business for $10 million, call me. I'll help you reverse engineer that business and take exactly what we need to put in place so that we get that business to a $10 million business and, and we'll be able to sell that to hundreds of our buyers. If you're going to work with a broker, you need to work with a broker that has a tremendous amount of experience, has a database of thousands and thousands of buyers, has a, uh, we have a 98% closing ratio, most importantly, can sell your business for more than it's worth. How did that, how, how was wow. that, Loretta? Is <laughs> that a good Girl, you a bad sister. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how we met, but I'm so glad that we did because I, I can see, oh, my goodness, we're going to do some stuff together. I have one person, Um, he's, I think he's outside of L.A. He's like, good stuff, please share a little of her story with us later. I'm, you have to tune in. Don't do it now. And they just did it three minutes ago. And I'm like, I'm getting, I've been posting some of what you've been saying, and I'm getting so many likes on the stuff, girl. I promise you. We're going to talk, let's talk later today, and okay. um, let's reschedule you so we can let people know when you're coming. And I still want us to talk about, you know, your reality show. Okay. Definitely. Sounds great. Thank and you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. You're so awesome, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And um, she gave out her email. She gave out her phone number, her website. You can Google her. You'll find tons of information about our guest today. She is so awesome and fabulous, and she knows her game. She, oh, my goodness, this lady is brilliant. She would be the Steve Jobs of selling businesses, I promise you. So you want to make sure you reach out to her. And stay tuned because she will definitely be back with us. So um, 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Michelle, for listening. As always, as always, we're so glad that you joined us. Think positive. Dream big dreams. Help someone along the way. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, Loretta. Mm-hmm. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.